All right, it's great to see all of you today, and I just want to welcome you, uh, every one of you that's here at Hope, welcome everybody online to week three of this incredible series that we've been doing together called Love, Know, Speak, Do, uh, subtitle, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. And this has been just an incredible series, and the big idea over this series is that God can use you. Isn't that cool? If you lead me, I will go. And if you'll say yes to God, he is going to use you in some people's lives. Maybe you're saying today, I don't know, Pastor Brian, I'm, I might not be good enough. I might not have the talent. I may have messed up. Uh, I'm living in a pandemic. How can God use me? And I'm just telling you today that God can use you because God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the lives of others for his kingdom. And we have been, uh, we have been teaching you um, a model of ministry. And it's the same model of ministry that we see in the life of Jesus. It's something we call love, no, speak, do. We can all do this. What is this? What is love, no, speak, do? Well, love is building relationships with people because God is going to use us in relationship. Um, real change happens in relationship. So we're loving people. No, no, we're getting to know people beyond that casual surface level to the level of the heart. And then speak, God's going to use our voices to encourage his work in somebody's life. And then do, which is what Chick is going to talk about next week, is really um, applying that to our everyday lives. And so really what we're doing here in fall 2020 is we're actually training you for ministry. You guys get that feeling? You guys know that? We're, we're up here today. We're training you for ministry. You have a ministry. And uh, we're just excited that God could maybe use this training in your life to help you make an impact in somebody's life. So if you haven't heard all the messages so far, please go back, listen to those messages, um, because every day is an opportunity for God to use you. You guys believe that? Every day, right, where we live, work, and play, you have an opportunity for God to use you. And we believe that for every person here today. So today we're looking at the word speak, love no speak, and uh, we're going to be talking about how God can use your voice to speak into somebody's life. Um, God's going to use you to encourage some people around you. And I was just thinking about the power of our voices in the lives of people, and I was thinking back to high school, and I played Tennis on the high school tennis team. I know we got some tennis players here. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was a nice tennis clap, actually. Thank you. Um, that's what I want to talk about. So I played tennis in high school, and uh, our school competed against other schools. And every school had one, two, three singles, and one, two, three, four doubles. And we would go to other schools. We could compete against them. And of course, uh, you could win and lose your individual match, but you would also win and lose as a school because there were, there were seven matches and the school that won the most matches won the tournament. And so we're there, we're playing for ourselves, we're playing for our school. And there would be, there would be times where 
Um, our school had won three matches, and the other school has won three matches, and the deciding match is on the court. And you better believe our entire team showed up at that court to cheer that team on because we believed that our voices, our cheering could make a difference in the outcome of that match. And so we showed up. And, I, and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, what can you really do? It's a tennis match. You know, it's like, what is tennis? It's like you're all sitting there. It's like your heads go side to side, right? You guys seen that? It's like, poof, poof, poof. Everybody keep, and then, and then uh, oh, oh, lovely point, lovely point. Now, I'm not talking about that. Like, when we cheered, we cheered. Like, we brought, we jumped up and down. We shouted, come on, that's it. You can do it. Yeah. Like, we were cheering our team on. Like, the 12th man was felt, even at a tennis match. Because when your team needs help, you cheer them on to victory, right? And uh, we have this whole thing, like we called it the boneyard. It was like, hey man, time to bring out the boneyard. You're like, is that tennis or football? No, it was tennis. <laughs> but I was just thinking about the power of our voice and the power of encouragement. Isn't it amazing? Like our voices matter. The book of Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Your voice has power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Power to encourage and power to tear down. That's the power of our voice. That's the power of speak. And I just want, to think, want you to think of some people in your life who have a voice in their life. Think about the people that encourage you. Doesn't that make a huge difference to have some people in your life to encourage you and to speak into your life? Uh, we were just back in Colorado on vacation and we sat down with some of our mentors. They just began to speak life into us and encourage us with God's word. And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. And so today, I want to show you, um, love, no speak, do, right? So I want to show you how love and no build into a speaking into someone's life. I love you. I'm getting to know you. And now, like, God's giving me an opportunity to speak into your life. So that's what we're looking at today. And I want to take you to a familiar passage. It's a short one, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And I really love this passage in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It's a very familiar passage. Um, but I love this passage because it really shows us, number one, the importance of our relationships. Number two, it shows us the importance of knowing people and, and building those relationships. But, but I think most importantly, what I want to talk about today so I want to show you that your voice is a powerful instrument of change when it's an instrument in the hands of the Redeemer. So that's what we're looking at today, um, this idea of speak. So check this out. Listen to this verse, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It's our verse for today, just a couple of verses here. It says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. What a great verse. So we're going to pray, we'll dive in, and we'll talk about what this verse has to say about us speaking into each other's lives. All right? So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thanks for this morning. And uh, we just want to thank you that you reign over heaven and earth. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to you, Jesus. And uh, we're just grateful that 
in all the craziness of life and fall, we know that you're on the throne. And uh, we just want to thank you today for the voices we've been given. And I pray that you would teach us to use that voice to be an instrument of change in the lives of people. Holy Spirit, speak to us, God, through this conversation today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so love, know, speak. Looking at speak today. Guys, we all need people speaking into our life. And I just want to start with that. We all need people speaking into our life. We need, especially as Christians, we need other believers speaking into our life. Our passage says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good, good deeds. Let's consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds. And the idea here is that we actually need people spurring us on to the life that Jesus called us to live. I can't do this by myself. I need some other people speaking into my life. Um, how, how can I get some people into my life who are going to help me um, to be the person that God created me to be? I can't do that on my own. So we all need people speaking into our life. But isn't it interesting, as much as we know that we need people speaking into our life, don't, don't we almost always kind of reject that idea? You guys ever notice that? Like, it's, it's nice to talk about people speaking into our life, but to actually have somebody speaking into our life, that's a hard thing. I was thinking about growing up. I remember one year I went to Lake McConaughey with my friends. For those of you who don't know Lake McConaughey, it's a big lake in Nebraska, and people go there to camp and fish and uh, boat. Me and my friends were there for a week just to do some camping and water skiing. And I'll never forget that year because the lake was really low. And there were these giant sand walls behind us because um, the, the water was so low. And um, I don't know what inspired us, but we got this brilliant idea that we were going to build a giant cave into that sand wall. And so me and my friends, we got our shovels and we just started building this huge cave, getting further and further into that sand wall. And as we're, we're in there digging out the sand, suddenly we hear a voice yelling at us. Like, what, what is that? What is that? We go outside our cave. It's growing. And there's a fisherman out on the water. And he's yelling at us. He's like, get out of the cave. You guys are going to die. You're going to die. Get out of there. Get out of there. And he's yelling at us. And we're just like, whatever. Come on. We're just building a cool little cave here. So we completely ignore this fisherman. We start getting back to work on the cave. Digging in the cave, digging in the cave. It, we're getting further in, like you can go inside the cave now. An hour later, fisherman comes back. Get out of that cave! You guys are going to die! Get out of there! And so, you know, we thought we'd send a message. So, in giant letters above the cave, we... And, okay, this was not my most Christian moment, but we wrote huge letters. The evil cave of death, dot, 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 of death. Well, he didn't like that at all. He blasts off in his, uh, in his fishing boat. Next morning, wake up. Beautiful day. We go to our cave, and there's a smell coming from our, our cave. And we look inside. I kid you not, there is a giant dead fish in our cave. And that was it. It was over. Like, you couldn't even stand to even go in the cave. He won. 
but it should not take a dead fish for us to listen to somebody when they're trying to speak into our life. It should not take the nuclear option, if you know what I mean. You guys know people who are good at dishing it out, but they can't really take it? You ever met that person? Right? They're really good, like they can dish it out, but if you say something to them, they can't really take it? See, I just think, how can we speak into the lives of others if we're not open to others speaking into our life? It's actually really important. See, the place that I want to start today is actually with you. You can't give what you don't possess. How can we speak into the lives of other people if we're not open to others speaking into our lives? And so the question I have for you today is just, who's speaking into your life? Who have you allowed deep enough into your life to spur you on to love and good deeds? We can't give what we don't possess. But if we'll allow some people to speak into our life, you're now going to have a voice worth listening to. So the, the place that I just want to start today is this posture of humility, of like, man, I need people speaking into my life so that I can be a person who speaks into the lives of others. And I'll just tell you a little bit about what this looks like for me and how I've kind of lived this out in my life. Um, before I was a pastor here, I was in... Colorado, and we were doing a VBS, and um, it was with our, our children's ministry pastor, and uh, she's, she's this older mentor, and she's been a part of our journey, and our parenting journey, and our adoption journey, and all that, and it's just, just a good friend and mentor, and I was standing next to her, and I'm watching, together, the two of us really are watching this boy just disrespecting his mom, and the more that he disrespected his mom, the more his mom started coddling him. It was really interesting. And, and so here's this boy disrespecting his mom, and she's coddling him. And I just looked over at my friend, and I just said, hey, if you ever see me doing anything like that as a parent, please tell me. You know, like, don't, just don't stand back and watch if you see something in my life. I said, because I know who I am. I know my heart. Um, guys, don't we all have blind spots, right? Like, I don't, always, I don't always see myself accurately. I don't always know myself accurately. And I just began to give her permission, as someone who knows me and loves me, to speak into my life. And I just think that's so important for us. Say, hey, will you be someone who speaks into my life? And over the years, I've just invited people that I know, like, hey, man, they know me, they love me, and I just say, hey, would you be willing? I give you permission to speak into my life. And that's just a great way, place to start, whether it's with friends or, or with um, maybe a family member, but we all need that. We all need people speaking into our life. And so if we'll have this mindset, I need people speaking into my life, if we'll start with that mindset, the question then is how. How do you speak into someone's life in a way that they can be transformed by God? And that's what this series is about. So um, just think of some examples in your own life. 
Maybe it's with a neighbor. Maybe it's God giving you an opportunity with a neighbor to talk to them about spiritual things. That's an opportunity to speak. Maybe there's a difficult conversation that you need to have with somebody. You see somebody making some really bad choices and you're like, I need to have that hard conversation with that person. How do you do that? Maybe it's just with our Christian brothers and sisters and, and, and having, you know, hey, like, I want to encourage you. How do we do that well? Maybe, maybe it's at work. You have an opportunity to mentor some people or to lead some people. What's a great way right, to lead and mentor people as you speak into their life or um, moms, right? You've got a ton of extra time with your kids. Maybe this fall with virtual learning. How do you speak into the life of your kids? That's what, that's what I want to talk about today. And I just think our passage is really, really helpful here. So I want to walk through some of the, the key words. Um, let's look at this passage again. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. This is what it says. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And the first word that jumps out to me is this word, consider. The Greek word is katanoeo, which just means to notice, to consider, and to look. It's this idea of, I'm noticing something in your life. I'm considering you. I'm considering your life. And I'm noticing things in your life. And let's not just notice the bad. It's like, oh man, I'm seeing this in your life. I'm seeing this good thing. I'm seeing this struggle. I'm seeing this tendency. This is, a, this is the no word, isn't it? From the weeks before. So I think this first word, consider, is a really important word. And I almost think of it as a heart check before you have a conversation with somebody. Like, okay, check my heart. <laughs> I do I love you? Okay, I love you. I'm in your life. Do I know you? Have I considered you? All right. Now I have, now God's given me a voice to speak. So I think this word consider is just really important and it takes us back to some of the things we've learned in the past few weeks. But then the next word is spur. It says spur one another on toward love and good deeds. All right, so spur. Think about that word spur. Um, spur, is that something that feels good or is that something that might hurt a little? What do you guys think? Give me some help. Spur, does that feel good to be spurred or might that hurt a little? Might hurt a little, right? <laughs> what are spurs? Those are the sharp pointy objects on the boots of cowboys that kick the horse and it makes it go faster. That's spur. So it might not feel good. This might challenge you a little bit. This is a hard word, spur. And so one of the things that we're going to do as we speak into the lives of people is we're going to spur one another on. Right? I'm not going to harm you, but this might, this might not feel good, what I have to say. Spur. I'm spurring you on. And then the last word I want to point out is this word encourage. Encourage. Encourage one another. Man, I, encourage is a great word. It's a word that expresses support. It's like, uh, it's like thinking back at the tennis match and having people show up to support you and cheer you on. That's what I think of with encourage. Having some people in your life to encourage you. The word encourage literally means to put courage into someone. It's in courage. You guys ever have somebody in your life encourage you? How does that feel? Does that feel good to have somebody encouraging you? 
That feels amazing, doesn't it? Such a blessing to be encouraged. And actually, one of the great ways to encourage another person, as we're thinking about this, is really to begin to show them Jesus. To begin to show them how God's working in their life. Maybe use scripture and give them this bigger perspective for their life. Like, hey, this is how God's working in your life. This is, this is what scripture says. Man, did you know who you are in Christ? We can encourage one another powerful ways just through the scripture. In fact, we're in Hebrews right now, Hebrews 10. Later, the author of Hebrews calls the entire book of Hebrews a word of encouragement. And it's all about Jesus, and it's all about Scripture. And so one of the great ways to encourage people is really to encourage them in Jesus through the Scriptures. But I think this is interesting. We've got spur, which probably isn't going to feel really good, and we have encourage, which feels great. And I just find that really interesting. How do you help someone grow? Well, it's going to feel really good, and it's not going to feel really good. Isn't that kind of interesting? And um, I actually came across something uh, just, just recently in the last few months, and I think it's a great way to visualize this. Uh, I want to have you guys put up the support challenge matrix. So I came across this recently. It's called the support challenge matrix. And the idea here, you can see uh, here on the bottom, low support, high support. And then you see low challenge, high challenge. And just the simple idea here is that if we want to help somebody grow, they really need two things from us. They need high support and high challenge. And that's the sweet spot for helping somebody grow. Um, and we talked about this a little bit with truth and grace, because it's kind of that same idea. But I think we all have a tendency to one way or another. Like some of us, we might be great at the high support, but maybe we don't challenge a whole lot. And what we're actually doing in that situation is we're actually beginning to overprotect another person, or even we're, we're maybe even creating a relationship of entitlement. So support is good, but if you're only support and no, no challenge, then you're not really helping somebody grow. It's the same thing on the challenge side. Think about somebody who's really challenging somebody but not giving them a lot of support. It's almost like you're, you're running over somebody. You're dominating somebody. And so we all tend to lean one way or the other. Which way do you lean? Right? You've got to know yourself to lead yourself. So think about yourself. Do you have a tendency one way or another? And it might be different at home versus at work versus, I mean, it, we're really different in every environment. So you can think through those different environments. But what this is showing us is that the way to empower, to change, to transform another life is really with high challenge, high support. It's going to feel really good, and sometimes it's going to be really challenging. That's what we're talking about. This is a leadership concept. But isn't it interesting? Like, the Bible was talking about this long before the support challenge matrix came out. Isn't that interesting? Like, God already knew this is how we worked. And um, I just want to show you this. There's a great verse in Ephesians, and you guys can take that down if you want. We're done with the, the graph. But I love Ephesians 4, and I just want to show you this at work in, in another passage. Ephesians 4, 1, 11 and 12 says, Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I just love this because our job as pastors and teachers, it's to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. You have a ministry. What is ministry? 
Ministry is just the place that God has called you to serve. It's the assignment God has given you. Some of you, you're moms. You're looking at virtual school and you're thinking virtual school. No, no, no. It's not just virtual school. You have a ministry. You have a unique opportunity this year to speak into the life of your child. Right? You think about the job you go to every single day. That's not just a job you go to. That is a ministry God has given you. It's the place he's called you to serve, where we live, where we work, where we play. All of life is ministry. We have an opportunity to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wherever we go. And how do we do that? Well, the verse goes on, um, Ephesians 4, it says this. I love this. Speaking the truth in love, let us grow. Speaking the truth in love, high challenge, high support. Spurring one another on, encouraging one another. Speaking the truth in love, we grow. Let us grow in every way, it says, into him who is the head, Christ. And so our training here today is, you want to help someone grow, you want to step into that ministry, then speak. Use the voice God has given to you and speak the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love, we grow. High challenge, high support. Spurring one another on, encouraging one another, helping them along the way. And I just want you to think about your life now. And think about the people in your life who helped you to grow. Think about people who helped you just to be your very best. Didn't they have this combination of challenge and support. I was thinking about uh, one of my favorite professors in seminary. Um, loved this professor. His name was Dr. Pratico. Everybody loved him. But we had a nickname for this guy, all as the students. The students called him the Velvet Sledgehammer. You guys ever heard that term before, Velvet Sledgehammer? Like a picture of the sledgehammer, you know, but it's covered with velvet, so it's like, you know, like it's going to feel good, but it's going to hurt at the same time. We called him the velvet sledgehammer. All the students did. Why? Number one, because his class was so challenging. And number two, because of how much he loved his students. And he created an environment for us to grow into everything that God wanted us to be. And I just think that's what Jesus did for us when he came. We saw the truth about our sin and how we've broken our relationship with God. That's a challenge. But then we see God's love for us in coming in Jesus, laying down his life, paying the penalty for our sins, rising from the dead. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. The Bible says, whoever confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart, God raised him from the dead. They will be saved. You will be saved. You can be forgiven. You can have new life in Christ. And brand new relationship with God. And what the Bible says is that when Jesus comes into your life, it's like the Bible says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's no longer just me speaking. Jesus begins to speak in my life. You have a voice. Jesus lives in you. You have a voice. Your voice matters today. So love, no speak. It's how we help other people grow. And by the way, that's how we grow too, right? Let's not forget that, point one. We all need people speaking into our lives. So I just want you to imagine a place 
where we can speak into one another's lives, spur one another, encourage one another, and help each other grow in our faith in Christ. Isn't that what the church is all about? Isn't that the church? And it's no wonder that Hebrews says, guys, don't give up meeting together. Because as Christians, we need one another. We need fellowship. We need people speaking into our life. Take a look at Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I think we all see the day approaching. What this passage is saying is that we don't want to get in the habit of not meeting together. I know today I'm preaching to the choir, <laughs> right? But we don't want, in this season of COVID-19, coronavirus, this is a time where it is very challenging to meet together. We don't want to get in the habit of not meeting together. And I know there are people, and I'm speaking to them right now, who, for reasons they cannot be in person for in-person worship. I totally get that, I understand that. Um, a lot of you know, my dad has stage four cancer. I would not want him in church with this virus going on. And that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about that we don't grow in isolation. We need believers in our life so that we can grow into everything God wants us to be. What about church online? You guys, I love church online. I we were in Colorado. I thought it was so cool. For the very first time uh, in my life, I've been traveling and I've been able to be a part of our church service here. It was the week Drew spoke. That was awesome, right? I love our online church. I love church online. I'm proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Um, and it's just been really amazing. Um, you know, if, if one of us is sick, if we see a spike in cases, we can always, or traveling, you can always get online and be a part of church online. Um, online church is also a powerful way to reach our community, which I think is important and all that's good. And yet, I think while, while we all know that virtual worship is good, while it's a luxury we get to enjoy, I think we all know that it just cannot replace in person and what God does when we are present with one another. And that just became so real to me over the last few weeks as I was in Colorado because my relationship with my family most of the year is phone calls, FaceTime, Zoom. And as much as I love staying connected that way with my family, I'm telling you, nothing in this world can replace being with them in person. It's such a special thing. And so my question for us today is, man, how do we fellowship with one another in this season? How do we experience that in-person fellowship because we need each other. So yeah, most of the year, I travel maybe once a year home to Colorado. Um, if most of my relationship with, with my family is virtual, does that mean I'm not part of the family? No, absolutely not, right? It just means I long for my family even more. And my question today is, do you long to be present with other believers? Let's not get in this habit of not meeting together. Our family reads a lot of Berenstein Bears book, books. There's a great book called Too Much TV. 
And uh, Mama Bear, Mama Bear thinks her family is watching way too much TV and she puts a ban on television for a week. Let me tell you, that didn't go over very well at first, but they go an entire week without any television. And at the end of the week, Brother Bear asks Mama Bear a question. He says, Mom, what do you have against TV? Because she's taken away for a whole week. And I love her answer. She says, um, Brother Bear says, what do you have against TV? And she goes, oh, well, I don't have anything against TV. What I don't like is the TV habit. And that's my encouragement to every one of us today, is let's not get in the habit of not meeting together. Right? Don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Can't do this alone. I can't do this in isolation. I need believers in my life. That's what this passage is teaching us. So how do we live that out in a season of COVID-19? You know, I know that for some people, in-person is just not an option. And what I want to say is don't give up, right? Keep fighting for that connection. Have some people in your life. You can say, hey, let's call and let's encourage one another. Let's pray for one another. Have those people in your life that you can call and just fellowship with one another, encourage one another. We can't grow in isolation. We need other believers. Um, I know that there's a lot of us when it comes to fall for a lot of things, not just church, where we're undecided. We're trying to figure this out. And I think my encouragement for us today, as you're looking at fall and all the things that are starting to happen and open up, including church, I just want to encourage everybody not to make decisions out of fear, but to make decisions out of conviction. There is a lot of fear out there, especially surrounding this virus and what God's been teaching me and what I've learned in my own life is that when I make decisions out of fear, most of the time I'm making the wrong decision. So if I can just encourage you today as number one, know what's going on, have wisdom, but then take that to the Lord. We don't want to miss out on the peace that God wants to give us, um, the wisdom and discernment that's from above. You know, the Bible says if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. So ask God, like know what's going on, talk to, to God about it, and begin to make decisions out of conviction and not out of fear. And that really might be not coming to big church, and that's okay, but maybe God's going to put it on your heart to get involved in a small group, or maybe God shows you, no, here's a way that I can stay in fellowship with other believers during this, this season of COVID-19. Um, you know, we're, we're starting off another semester of small groups. And here at Hope, small groups are where we challenge and support one another to follow Jesus. Um, you know, love God, love one another, love our neighbors. I can't do that by myself. I need other believers challenging me and supporting me to become more like Christ. And so maybe you this semester, it's like, I can't do this in isolation. I need some believers in my life. I'm going to get connected in a small group because I know we're going to grow better together. So maybe for you, it's being in a small group. Maybe it's coming back to Sunday morning service. I, whatever it is for you, let's not make decisions out of fear, but let's take our decisions to the Lord and make those out of conviction. All right, that's, that's my message for today. Um, big idea is this. God's given you a voice to speak to some people's lives. Speaking the truth in love, we grow. 
I want you to think about your life. Think about the people around you. Is it a child speaking into their life this year? Is it a friend? Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? God's given you a voice. Your voice matters. Let's use it as an instrument in the hands of a redeemer. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the voices that you've given us. And Father, I pray that um, even now, Lord, that you would stir our hearts to begin to minister to some people into our life, God. Call us into ministry now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak into our lives about, um, about allowing others to speak into our life. Maybe it's that humility, God, of just saying, I need somebody today to speak into my life, Lord. I pray that you would begin to help us to step into this life of community and speaking and allowing others to speak into our lives because we can't do this alone. So we invite your Holy Spirit, first of all, to be the voice that speaks to us. And then second of all, God, would you use our voice as a powerful instrument in your hands to impact and make a difference in the lives of so many people. We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.